Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another cozy episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. And this is NPR. <laughs> Talking. We're speaking right in your ear. Buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that wasn't that. That was Family Guy. Right? <laughs> it was Family Guy and a dog, like <laughs> closets, closets, paws down to nubs to try to get out of the room. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, uh, How's it going, yeah, dude? Cozy. I like that. We're back, just the two of us. I know. We can make yeah, it if the- we try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> References. We've got them. We've got them in spades uh did you want them i don't know but probably not yeah i've been looking forward to this we've been very lucky we've been very fortunate oh my gosh to to get lots of great guests and to have people to talk to and and listen to their inspiration points and to their stories and people are are, are hearing those and and enjoying them oh they were fantastic you know uh uh we just I've had a lot of great insight from people that really know their stuff. Yeah. Are are clearly speaking from a lot of experience. And clearly just know way more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no, I we can't. should look we should strive for that, right? You yes, know, we should that's true. We, one should try to look beyond themselves. Right. Well, and they so they do really say, important. you know, if you if you want to get better at anything, like say you're playing ping pong, you know, you're it, if you get you pretty good, <laughs> but you you're never going to get better if you keep playing people that aren't as good as you or are only as good as you. You play the people who are better and you'll and you'll get better and better and better. Well, was it you Mr. Know? Miyagi that said that there's always someone better or is that some other karate movie? I don't remember. If he didn't, he should have. He should have. I mean, um, far be it from me to tell Mr. Miyagi what he should do. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he just yeah, like. Yeah, what's up with that, Andrew? He, you know. You need the, to check yourself. The presumption, right? The presumption. I just, I, I forget myself. <laughs> well, if people haven't waxed off of this podcast by now, uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> references, we got them. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have a guest we it just this is what it becomes it becomes we ne- great we we need someone's <laughs> absolutely Let's because go. before um, it was amazing now it's only great great is a step down great. from where there we were the heights we ascended to so how's how's your uh, week going man you are back <laughs> to school right yeah, back to school. I've uh, started another round of interactive storytelling, the greatest class of all time. Oh my god i I've been wanting that, to. That's ask how I pitch it every time. That that well, it's not a lie. Yeah, I just tell them straight out. I say that in front of other teachers and hurt their feelings. Um, Why would it hurt their feelings? It's an objective fact. Well, that you know, it's like that meme where you they raise their finger and then they're like, oh, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, I don't think it's an opinion. I think it's a scientific fact. I, I'm not the science teacher. Yeah, right. That's how obvious it is. You can tell that's how even though you're not the science teacher. <laughs> Who needs logic? I have personal incredulity. Anyway. Hey, you know, one of the science teachers and he could back you up. 
Okay. So, yeah, I'm having a good time. The kids are having a good time. Mostly, I mean, in every class, no matter what, there's always going to be one or two. They're like, nah. and in, in their defense, I'm doing a lot of talking up front. There's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of vocabulary to understand when when we're talking about this sort of thing so that we know that we're on the same page. What would you say are the are uh, like a handful of the jargon terms that really tend to give people a hard time? So I'm just going through like the character sheet, first mm-hmm. of all, which is which is really important. And I'm talking about like ability scores. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many other games would those be like stats or talents or, um, you know, anything else like oh, they could yeah. go under several names attributes attributes. That's a good one, mm-hmm. you know, so just saying what that is differentiating skills from those mm. uh, talking oh the word proficiency first oh, of all not yeah. not a word that every high schooler knows or uses and being able to uh just say you know this means something that you're good at uh which is cool and and what i like about it is whether or not they make D or role-playing games part of their lives is i mean you think about how much vocabulary in general that you learned playing games Grow up, growing up, you know? Oh, man. Uh, when you start really learning about uh, diff- different pieces of armor, like back when you'd play like Diablo or Morrowind. Oh, Diablo has so... It's like a thesaurus of different armor and weapon pieces. Mm-hmm. You, like, maybe all the knowledge that you, you're gaining isn't immediately useful, but man, when you're in the right place, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I remember a Morrowind... Uh, I, I still look for, especially an Elder Scrolls game to do this again, because you could equip separate pieces like you'd have like there. You could equip a left pauldron and a right pauldron. So you could have like offset or really like asymmetrical gear loadouts and stuff. And you you start to learn about all those different things, van braces and, you know breastplate backplate all all those different things yeah well what, what's also interesting a lot about a lot of those words is that they have roots in the body parts in various language like you know um uh, like spalders right right they refer to that shoulder area to the shoulder blade um and, and that sort of thing so it's it's kind of it's kind of cool yeah it's very um cool. and you know when we when i was playing world of warcraft that's where i really started to like speed up my typing oh gosh uh, yeah even though i learned about a fictional world I, I knew a lot about the geography of azeroth more so than the, i did of earth nerd um, right <laughs> no totally Although my my knowledge of ner- earth of earth wasn't terrible because I, I grew up watching carmen san diego heck after yeah school. man you know where in the world is carmen san diego that was a game show for kids it, you know it was really good I love Man, that. Is that a show. thing anymore? Does anyone have game shows for kids anymore? Or is that like a dead genre? Like, did we, did I don't we end know. with uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple and we're like, yeah, these things are kind of dangerous. <laughs> like, I we shouldn't do that. I watched the heck out of that show on, it was on Nickelodeon, oh, yeah. right? Where they just run mm-hmm. through a gauntlet. And just and it was like totally unfair and like pre-scripted and everything. Oh but, man, it's terrific! But it was I used to watch it all the time. I loved it. Yeah, it was. It, so I, I guess the the reality show has just sort of supplanted all of that. Oh, but we're going downhill. 
Yeah, that's the end of civilization. It is. Well, one really exciting thing I got to do today was um, was pull the books off the shelves and and have. I wasn't one to one, but I had one book for every two kids, so that was something. Dude. So I got to share. They had to make a friend. Sharing you is know, caring. Sharing is caring, and you know they got to hold the books in their hands. You know, I, I said, "Here's the book right off the shelf," and and I said, "You know, I just think that there's something magical about having it in your hands." Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's really true. You know. And I started, I, I like opened the book. I like smelled it and I, I flipped oh. the pages and listened to it. And I was like, you know, it's just very sensory. The kids are like looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, we need an adult. <laughs> we need another adult. <laughs> this is, this is we getting different really adult. uncomfortable. Um, I think one or two of them got it. You know, you know, did you ever collect cards when you were younger? Because man, when you would like pop open a pack of cards. Oh, dude. Yeah, when a smell hits you, you know, back when I uh, I was working on the uh, the MMO that I was working on for a while doing GMing stuff for a little while, we would do uh, we were doing magic drafts after work. Mm-hmm. So my buddy would oh, pull in like just a brand spanking new box oh. of boosters and we would just rip every pack open and it was that new card smell oh my god all gosh. night oh man it's some about Those ripping cards are so clean yeah you just crack you know? through that foil and it's gosh. just mm, mm, mm. <laughs> well it's like a little christmas you know it and, is uh, over and over and just- over so good so anyway i had fun introducing that hobby i did the thing that i did last time where we did the really simplified game mm. um where it was like think of three things your character's good at and write those things down they could be like magic or stealth or acrobatics or mm-hmm. talking or whatever doesn't matter write down three things ogre and then in the road. it was like yeah ogre in the road ogre in the road uh and we had three three tools your character has um, and then we had uh, two things your character's bad at, real bad. Mm. And the rules are you add five if you're good at the thing. You roll just a 20 if you get, if it has nothing to do with anything. You get minus two if you're bad at it. And if you're good at it and you have a tool, you roll advantage. Oh, okay. Nice. And the numbers are all made up. You pretty much succeed no matter what. So um, it's just, it does give you that little bit of anticipation. But it's like D and D for babies. Oh yeah, and uh, that's what I'm. That's what I call it now. Hey, and I think it works great. And yeah, we did the the first scenario. It went way different than last class. You run it back uh, for us. What's what's the replay? <laughs> so the the scenario is there's an ogre in the road, and he's just sitting in the middle of the road. Oh, so he's not dead. It's not roadkill. No, no, he's just sitting there. In fact, I, I added just a little bit of comedy. He was mm. sitting on top of a squirrel. Oh, who's like ha- no. halfway stuck in there, and he's like trying to crawl out. You know, oh, his eyes are kind of bugged out. Oh, poor squirrel. And uh, does the ogre <laughs> didn't know that he's there? Too much context. But let me tell you something. You know, I opened it up like uh kind of really getting into the descriptive language and setting the scene and talking about how the forest sounded and felt oh, and all that stuff and talking about language kind of hush coming over the classroom yeah. so it's just like kind of getting drawn in uh and then things got a little bit silly but well anyway the scenario is 
uh, it's basically like I steal the idea from Aesop's fables where uh, you have a lion with a thorn in his paw. Right. Correct. So, yeah, if you can if you can solve the problem for the ogre, then you, it doesn't have to result in violence. Uh, I picked my three volunteers. They immediately jumped the ogre and started oh. beating him to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> And they all laughed maniacally, and I was like, "Oh God, okay." So this is the 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 murder hobo this, class. This is so we need to we need to learn some some new things. But I think they had fun, and I guess that's what matters. Um, hey, you know, the 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 last time I ran the class, they were uh, like, "Oh, I observe him to see what's going on." You know, let's get him. <laughs> this one, like, he's different. Kill him. Oh my God. Um, we at Inspiration Point do not support or otherwise <laughs> condone the doing of anything to anyone else because they are different. Yeah. So they, they killed the ogre. But then I made the ogre's death really, really sad. Oh, good. <laughs> and then they were like, are we good. the bad guys? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> they- but then we talked a little bit about how how. Instead of writing a plot, you could just make consequences to this. Mm. Like what happens, right? You kill a, an ogre in the middle of the road. What are what is some of the cause and effects that could happen? I mean, what do you think, Andrew? What are some of the? Oh man, his what could happen because of that? His mom could find out, and then yeah, you know, you kiss your behind goodbye. Um, we have Jaws too. Yep. Oh God, uh, just when you thought it was safe to 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 travel on roads um Mm -hmm. so ogre family could find out or uh it could be that the ogre was a mercenary that was hired by someone that you wouldn't expect at all uh like a you know you have these mercenary companies who hire all types and he was actually just stationed on the road and that was his job and Mm -hmm. uh the mercenary company finds out and either hunts you down or tracks you down to hire you instead because clearly he wasn't up Mm. to the task right right yeah so that that was one thing i wanted to nail home with them was that you know there are possible positive and negative consequences at the same time Yep. Right. Because, yeah, you could have the scenario where ogre mom wants revenge. Right. That's pretty natural. But you also have the well, what other what other parts of the ecosystem is this guy part of? Right. Like you you could have both. Yep. Like, is he the guy that's here and that's what keeps the orcs from attacking? Mm. Right. And then the orcs are like, hey, someone got rid of him. Now we can attack that village. Hooray. Right. You get a you Hooray. get a nicely worded thank you note from the ogres, and then you go, right. "Oh God, the ogres are saying, th- or the orcs are saying, thank you." Should we be ashamed of ourselves? Yeah, or like you say, you know, the villagers are grateful. Maybe they share gifts with you. Maybe they give you jobs. Maybe you get hired by the mercenary company. Yeah. A lot of these things, the, the answer can be yes, and at the same time, which yep. is interesting, because then it just branches. The game goes out of control and people are like, wow, what a great plot. How'd you know we were going to pick all those things? I'm a genius. Clearly. I'm a genius. <laughs> you know? Wink. I mean, and we talked about the difference between how a child might tell a story versus like how you should tell a story. Mm. 
And like when a child tells a story, they always say, and then, and then, and then, and then. Oh. Right? Mm hmm. Whereas what you want to do is which leads to, which leads to, which leads to. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that way you have that cause and effect. And it's not just, hey, here's some random cool things I thought of. Yeah. It's all about the connections. Yeah. It's all about that connection. So that's cool. So they were into it. Um, and uh so far so good and it's it's a it's a daily class right every day so how far did you guys get in your first week so we're we've done two days oh okay you've <laughs> so far. you've done two days gotcha so, yeah uh, i don't so know I why my second I was, class today i don't know why i was thinking it was friday my brain just oh no actually i did have a day zero basically on friday we, we we're weird we start out our quarters on fridays uh, so that we have like, welcome to the class. Here's the syllabus. Here's what's going on. Because we basically know that there's like not a ton of instruction happening day one. Yep. So we kind of kind of have like an orientation day and then we then we start it for real. So that's a good way to do it. Honestly, you just kind of dip your yeah, toe I, in the I water like and then say, OK, no it's homework. Just go home, read the syllabus just, and just go do it. So, yeah, first day was uh here's what a TTRPG is. And mm -hmm. we call it volunteers and we say, here's the simplified system and let's, you know, have people get up and, and act. And one guy got into it. One kid got into it. He did voices. Nice. Did a little British accent, you know, very good. And he stood up, he, he pounded his fist on the, on the table. Uh, Cause in my second scenario, the, the mean old tax collector that I definitely didn't steal from, Robin Hood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Show, showed up. Criminally. Criminally. Uh, <laughs> the safety was on old Betsy and all old that Betsy. fun stuff. You walk in front, trigger. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the poor old townsfolk being oppressed by the powers that be. What do you do? One of, one of the uh, players had a brilliant idea to run at them crying and tackle our get help <laughs> and he was just uncomfortable and didn't notice that he was being pickpocketed and uh so oh, that was beautiful. how the player did a sneaky pickpocket and i was like oh that's neat very good he plays like he knows what he's doing yeah uh pretty cool so so far so far a uh pretty promising class we'll see how it goes very good and uh then today we started going through uh, terms for the character sheet. So right. we were talking about, we talked about tomatoes. Ah, yes, the tomatoes. Yeah, the 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 great tomato. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that, you know the way you explain the ability scores: is strength is your ability to crush a tomato, dexterity is your ability to juggle or dodge a tomato, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So uh, we went through that. We went through the the classes and I was holding open the book. Like it was story time with the kids and nice. we were talking about the races and how it was important that every race got to be any alignment that they needed, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, what abilities you'd get my class. We all collectively and democratically created a single character. Nice. Uh, what did it end created, up being? It ended up being a gold dragonborn monk. Whoa. That? Um, so that nice. that's kind of neat. Very cool. What was his name? And uh, Shazra, something like that. It was uh, I don't exactly remember. Mm. <laughs> I think it was like Shazra or something. Anyway, that's cool. Nice. Uh, there are a lot of uh, names that uh, they threw out a lot, a lot of joke names at first. Too. They oh, were like sure. Bing Bong or whatever. And I was like, no, 
Who's Next. the one who likes to play? <laughs> bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> they just kept saying silly names, and then someone put out like a super edge lord name, and I was like, okay, yeah, better. Uh, <laughs> although, let's hear what else is out there, you know. And then someone said this one. I was like, good, good enough. Let's go. <laughs> uh, we didn't quite get to backgrounds, which is good because that allows me to talk about that. We did talk about alignment mm. a bit. So tomorrow we'll get into the role play, the backgrounds, the bonds, flaws. Nice. We'll make them write some backstory stuff. They can write their own guy tomorrow. That'll be good. Oh, we did roll stats. That was fun. Ooh. Did you get anyone with a like a, a particularly ridiculous spread one direction or the other? Well, just just we all did the one character together. Oh, gotcha. um, that's right. Uh, the stats were were pretty awful. <laughs> uh for the most part but uh it was it was a workable character it'd be fine it's just definitely not uh <laughs> definitely not a heavy hitter get a uh any so, any sixes or sevens we we did get uh a seven Oof. on uh on but they put it in charisma so that's good you probably want to dump your monk's charisma usually uh but then when i gave them the bonus ability points to put anywhere they were like, oh, let's make that seven and eight. I was like, oh, sure. Okay. Why not? But, you know, great. Awesome. Hey, it takes it like, from yeah, a minus know, two to a minus one, right? Yeah. That's not so, nothing. Uh, you know, uh, but they also had like a, like a 15 on their wisdom. Mm. And I was like, it was like kind of driving me nuts. But I was like, you know what? No, don't take this away. Right. Yeah. Just let them pick, let them f- figure out what they think is cool. Let them figure out all that other stuff later. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't want to be up front and be like, "Uh, you really should take your best ability scores and get them to the next closest even amount so you get the better ability. No, stop. You're you're killing it. Yep. (laughs) Yep. You don't need optimization school. Like, that's... Yeah, we're not there yet, you know? So, they can figure that out on their own. I don't need to explain that. Sure. Right on. So, that was good. And we'll start playing in, in probably... Uh, a week or so nice you know because we don't have that four hour block or whatever to sit down and and really just start playing and and of course there's too many of them right if i had like six students i wouldn't bother with any of this oh sure we would sit we would sit down we would start playing yeah and i would say hold on to your butts <laughs> you know, here's, here we go here's You're some gonna- pre-gens lock and load lock and load right here's where we go uh but with 30 something oh <laughs> How many did you have last time? That seems like a like way more. I, I, I was still in the twenties. I was still in like the mid to high twenties. Ah, um, you're getting famous. So, well, it, it is starting to catch on a little bit. People that date the class are like, I really like this. Well, I, what I really especially like is when the kids say, "I didn't think I was going to like it, and I did enjoy it." Mm. Even if they're like, "I'm probably never going to play D and D again," but I really love this. Nice. Um, it was a good time. It, you know, as far as the class goes, could have done worse. Given that this you is know. high school, are there are there return students? Do you have like freshmen who come back as sophomores and like, I don't know, take it again? Or do you have like uh, maybe an advanced class? That'd be cool. I think we're talking about possibly doing advanced uh in the future it's still kind of a new idea Mm. and i teach a lot of subjects and so like it you know i kind of drive my boss crazy a little bit because i i'm like hey i've got another idea she's like oh boy (laughs) 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 
Oh, but this man. last time she she asked me for an idea, like we need another elective. What are we going to do? And and this was during COVID, mm. uh, and we were all locked down, so I wasn't able to teach Photoshop mm. for a while, which was what my sort of bread and butter class was. Yeah, and because I do Photoshop and digital painting and that sort of thing. So, I, um, okay. I'm back. I accidentally smacked my keyboard and it stopped recording for a split second. So hopefully we didn't lose too much there. But uh, all right, as you were. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, I just teach a lot of classes. So I think we're gonna we're gonna fit it in somewhere and we'll eventually do it because it is popular. Uh, right on. But in the meantime, we do have the the weekly club. Uh, that's gonna be about three hours. So. Not, not as much time as I could possibly wish for, but I do eventually need to get home. Right? <laughs> yeah, so that's, there's that. That's important. And it's it's on a weeknight, right? Yeah, it's, it's it, we don't finish off the week with it. Uh, not mm. anymore. So that and that's kind of too bad. But on the same time, it it actually makes a few other things in my life more convenient. So, yeah, it'll be it'll it'll work out. And the kids are just like, OK, you know, just let me know when it is and I'll be there. So. Boom. We definitely have a, a lot of people from uh, last year coming back and saying, hey, when, you know, when's club, when's club? Got a few emails. Hey, it's good. That's a, that's a very good thing. Well, hey, you know, we have, I know we've introed long, but we, we've gone like five consecutive weeks without uh, just us being able to sit down and catch yeah. up. So I think it was warranted. Um, well, that but, I mean, we could say that was topic one, right? You know, sure. I mean, that was practically an interview you were giving me. So, by the way, good job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I I do my best work when I don't realize I'm working. <laughs> that's right. That's true for a lot of people. Uh, oh, that's okay. And that that makes me ask questions. Um, so speaking of questions, what is our main topic for tonight i think you had a bit of an idea yeah so uh i i've, I've changed up the patreon a little bit and i've i've added a new tier and uh one of the things i wanted to start doing was creating more stuff for people that join at the five dollar level so that it would make sense that there is now a one dollar level speaking of which if you haven't checked out the patreon patreon.com slash inspiration point yeah and support the show if you back at the one dollar level now it'll get you access to our discord and yeah. you can come chat with us like all the time so yeah. you know i don't know what else you could possibly want so well you also get the, the you know mailbag question stuff so there, there's a little bit um and if you do the five dollar level, uh, you get access to basically whatever we post up there. So articles or uh, maps or any other assets we that we've done and that that you might want. Um, and we also keep the exclusive voting rights for for the five dollar level. So, yeah. So that's something. Yeah. And the what is it? Ten or twenty? Yeah. For the big and, one. And for twenty dollars, uh, you can get. Uh, a game with us so if you want to play some D, &D um i think 20 is pretty reasonable uh yeah that's essentially it's pretty reasonable a buck an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah not too bad 
uh, shows you know, how much we value ourselves. Right now, um, I think that <laughs> I, I think the main thing that I want to do is just kind of build up our community and and get connected with people. Absolutely. And I think that's more important than much else at this moment. You know, we're absolutely. passionate about what we're doing, and we just want you to know about it. So, yeah. So please also go share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. Tell them about it. You know, we. We love getting to know new people and uh, finding other people in the hobby that we didn't know before getting new perspectives. You know, that's the kind of stuff that inspires us. And uh, I know one of our one of our patrons, uh, Kate, she's over on the other side of the world right now doing all kinds of cool stuff. And. You know, it, it was it's through the hobby that we met her. Um, and, you know, it's it's just really cool how all of this can mm-hmm. uh, bring every bring us all together with people we would not have otherwise met. So please, if you can find the modicum of energy to mm-hmm. spread the word, we would love you eternally for it. And uh, so our without any further ado, uh, what I wanted to talk about was, you know, kind of a rough night I had with gaming and this will be good. And it wasn't like objectively bad. Right. Are you sure? But I think it was a good I think it was a good learning (laughs) experience. And, and, you know, I, I, I did write an article about it on our Patreon for people that are with us at that $5 level. Um, and so you can, you can kind of check it out there, but I kind of want to talk about it and, and around it and over it and just kind of give a more of that discussion format, I suppose. Sure. With it. So I, you know, long story short, uh, I've been running storm Kings thunder. We got to the, uh, big climatic battle with the big, bad evil guy. I'm not going to give away much about it, but it was, um, it just really wasn't the most satisfying um, climatic battle. It wasn't the most satisfying, uh, really conflict at all. So tell us, tell us how it went. Give us, give us the story and the scenario. Well, first, the thing is, is I, I don't want to give you too much of this scenario because it's spoilery, right? But I will mm. say the, okay. the bad guy has a layer. You go to the layer. There's ways to flush them out of it. Okay. And if you do, the fight could be a lot easier depending upon your party makeup. And essentially, what might have been a very deadly, very difficult encounter ended up not being very nail-bitey. And I think Mm. that when you have that big final battle, you want a couple of things. So one of the things you, you definitely want to have is some level of difficulty. If you've been kind of playing up this character, then you want it to seem difficult at the very least. And mm. it ended up not being all that hard. I mean, if if Dice had gone a little differently, it might have been a different story, but it I, just didn't turn out that way. I don't know that I 100% agree with that, mm. but I, I, get, I get the idea that you're going for. Like, you want that tension. You want that threat. Yeah. At the same time, you do want to reward oh, yeah. cleverness and the approach. And if your players 
come at it from a direction that does make it easy Mm -hmm. to me. I say kudos to them. Sure. Like, you know, you guys are thinking you're doing your jobs, right? You know, if it was just nail bitey difficult, no matter what, no matter what you did, then it wouldn't be like a game, right? You'd miss out on that game side of the right of the hobby. And, And that's actually something I did mention uh in the in the write-up then mm. like yeah well what do you do if your players are just clever right yep do you take that away from them in the name of drama or do you let the dice fall where they may but if you let the dice fall where they may are they going to end up being happier than mm. than if you had taken it away from them so it or or, or mm. you know and i think the right answer is probably to find a balance but like sure what I do tend to let fate decide. I do tend to reward good strategy. I I did decide to err on the side of it. This is a game as opposed to mm. this needs to feel a certain way. Mm. So th- that's the way it turned out. It's, okay. it's, it's not necessarily objectively bad, but I could tell that a couple of players came away from it going, eh, it wasn't, I didn't really feel that one, but sure. more importantly, then it being difficult or not, you need to be emotionally connected to your villain. And they just were not connected to this person. Mm. Uh, this person ends up being more of a surprise. It's like the opposite of Strahd. Really? Where Strahd makes himself known to you. He is ever present. He's on the tip of everyone's tongue. Every, you, you get pretty intimately familiar you know, with him real quick. Yeah, it. It's like, hey, this is who the thing's about. It's I mean, his name's in the title, right? Yeah. So in this story, you know, this person has a presence in the world and it has an impact on it, but you don't know them really on a personal level. And the people they are kind of waiting in the wings, that sort of thing. The, and the people that this person, yeah, well, they're they're a, they have political power. Mm. But they're also incognitous and mm. also are um, away from you. Even the people that they are really screwing over, you don't even meet them for a long time. Uh. And so you end up kind of feeling like you're dealing with someone else's problem. And oh, as opposed to it yeah. being all that connected to you. Now, I don't want to just say oh, you know, they wrote a bad module. It's not my fault, right? Like, I probably could have prepped it better. I could have adapted. It's not like the book doesn't tell you, hey, change all this, which is also mm-hmm. kind of frustrating because I kind of want them to do a little more work for me, but um, <laughs> that's okay. You know, personal I, it, personal it, taste aside. To, to, a, to a certain degree, everyone needs to adapt a module to meet their players. But I wanted to right. do this kind of as written as much as I could mm. uh, so that I could say I had done it. Right. I've been yep. I've been running, uh, you know, homebrew since forever. I haven't really. That's, that's very true. I haven't really sat down and just done a module. I've attempted it a couple of times and I mm. always go off and do my own thing. Yeah. Because I, I find trying I th- to prep for the book almost takes longer. at least for me yeah it's you know a a lot of the folks that i've talked to that do run 
modules. Um, what I've found to be really interesting is that a lot of them run the module multiple times. Like, like Dragna Cartas run Curse of Strahd like somewhere between four and six times to the point where he, like, I've asked him straight up, like, okay, if you had to run a Curse of Strahd game on the fly, yeah, like right now, about how much prep would it take? And he was like, pretty much next to nothing. That's great. You know, he knows it like yeah. the back of his hand. Um, so it makes me wonder if you would run Storm Kings like once or twice prior to this and then tried to do it like pretty much raw. Mm-hmm. How much of a difference that would have made? Well, I definitely am not going to run it raw again, um, but okay. I do want to run it again. Oddly enough, right on. as much as I wasn't like thrilled with the story as written, I think there's a lot of potential here, um, but I, they almost couldn't write it the way that I would like to do it because it would be a giant tome, right? Like mm. it would be really long because it is already kind of like a sandboxy game. And yeah. you get to like explore all the North. Like most of the book is just entries on what different spots in the North are. Right. Oh, wow. Just in case the players happen to walk there. So it's, Whoa. so it's pretty rough. Right. And it's like, okay, well, here's like a whole country that you could just explore maybe or not. Mm. And so like, oh man, where do I prep for that? So a lot of times at the end of sessions, I'd say, okay, where are you going? Cause yep. <laughs> that's what, where my prep's going. Um, yep. and that sort of thing. But I would definitely I'm learning do more that asking your players, um, those sorts of questions is important, you know, w- with, with a lot of different things. Like if you don't know something, you know, so long as it's not like straight up spoilery kind of stuff, the, the amount of times that I've had questions recently where, when I would ask other folks for advice, it can't, it boiled down to, don't you just ask your players has been way more than I, if you had asked me in the past, I would have said like, it's, yeah. you can figure out a lot by just straight up going, you know what? I, I can just ask my players and get their, at least their opinion, you know? Oh it's yeah. A, it's, it's a great way to do it. Here's the other thing. If you can bake that question in the narrative, that's even better, right? Like if it can come oh, from the sure. mouth of an NPC or whatever, but then you might have to explicitly say if the next week they say, you know what? We changed our mind. We're going to go here instead. You're going to be like, listen, bro. <laughs> uh, no, you no. told Jim you were going over to his house to help him move. Okay. So that's what we're doing. So we do what we say we're going to do at this table. Um, we are PCs of our word. <laughs> PCs. Gosh darn it. So, yeah, the way Integrity. I want to run it in the future, and I'm actually kind of excited to try this, and I might, maybe I'll do it with the students. We'll see who I can get to do this. But uh, definitely much more of a faction intrigue kind of thing mm. where picking one of the main uh, Dungeons and Dragons factions up front um, matters. The, the Adventurers League one? Yeah, the Adventurers League. So Zentarium, right Lords Alliance, uh, Order of the Gauntlet, uh, Emerald Enclave, Enclave, yep. 
um, the Harpers, and even the uh, Kraken Society. The Kraken Society? I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. What's that from? Uh, well, they worship the Kraken uh, god? Demigod? Is that... Uh, like, is Swar- that, was that in salt marsh or something? It sounds like a nautical thing. I mean, he's a big demigod kraken thing. Yeah. Makes so sense. <laughs> there's a bunch of cultists that, that worship him. And, uh, of he, he actually has a, a presence in the book. So nice. I guess it's a bit of a spoiler, but whatever. Um, nah. so letting players even be part of that might be kind of fun. So nice. Uh, this would also, I would also start this game out at level three, probably, uh, where depending on what faction you chose, it would give you access to different subclasses right out the gate. Um, mm. so if you wanted to do something, um, so if you pick like Kraken Society, everything's sort of nautical themed. Um, mm. there, there are a few classes that would be, uh, open to everything. Cause like, okay, you need champion fighter pretty much no matter what. Oh, yeah. But just to kind of connect everyone through flavor, uh, you know, Emerald Enclave gets kind of the more naturey things. Um, sure. Some of the darker, scarier stuff or would be Zentarum. Uh, it's like Conquest Paladin or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that. But now that I'm more familiar with what's going on in the world, I can make pieces move around in the background. Uh, all the time. So when we talk about like that cause and effect, right? Mm. If, if the players make decision a over here in location one, right? It, it can affect what happens to faction B over in location two. Right. So right. You can, it can be like this, this game of, of cause and effect and of consequence that can lead somewhere pretty interesting. So it kind of keeps the open worldy, aspect of the game but also makes it a lot more political Mm. and we're gonna focus more on the giants and the giant lords and less on some of the superfluous things that exist in the setting sure so anyway that's those are my those are my sort of cliff notes of of what i want to do so going back to having the the rough session um i wanted to ask in retrospect Mm -hmm. do you think that there's and and this is um the the quality of the module itself notwithstanding is there anything you think that you ought to have handled differently than you did in the past in in that session that could have potentially helped to mitigate it not going as well as you had hoped well i think that i mean if i have to imagine i don't have hindsight right but like definitely one problem one mistake i made was not being super familiar with the capabilities of my players. I mean, that's very basic. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that you should know your, what your players can do. It can get hairy when we're talking about high-level spellcasters, especially yeah. if they change which spells that... Because they have a night to rest. And so if, yeah. you're, if you're talking about like any sort of divine caster, you know they can, they can change what they're doing 
for the next day. Yeah. What what level are the are your PCs? They're level ten, right? So they okay. You, so you, you got hit, some gas to play with. Yeah, there's a lot to play with, and so you're you know things like your rogues and your fighters. They're going to do what you essentially expect, but when it comes to some of your your spellcasters with particularly creative players, um, mm-hmm. things can can get pretty hairy. And to the player's credit, because there was one in particular that kind of beat the crap out of my bad guy. Um, sure. You know, they actually like gave me like some warning, like, here's what I'm thinking about, you know. Mm. And then I was able to to think about, well, what do what will I do? Right. Right. Having said that, the module had it written in another really even easier way to get the bad guy out of their lair. Ah, there you go. Which is just like absolute death. It also gives you access. This is the main thing. It gives you access to so many like NPCs to control in addition to your players. Cause really a party of level tens shouldn't be able to beat this enemy. Mm. So they give you help. okay so you got companions you got little companions and stuff and and they're not slouches and the game even implies something else that you could have that they also included and i didn't see a reason why they wouldn't Mm -hmm. and so that ended up being really the thing Mm. so i think one thing i wish i had done was just putting myself in the position of the players and going if it was up to me, what would I do? How would I try to make this easy? How would I break it? Mm. Right. Sort of like beta test your own thing. And, yeah, and we classic do, play testing. Yeah. And we don't always have time for that. Right. Oh, absolutely not. Especially if it's like a weekly or even a biweekly game. Like I'll tell you what, man, my, since we moved to basically you and I alternating every other week for, uh, your homebrew game and my Curse of Strahd game. Tell you what, man, those two weeks go by real quick. They do go by real quick, you know, and I think also as we get older, like time seems to move faster. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um. So th- there's also that. But it's uh, yeah, it does sneak up on you. And I think a lot of GMs would say, why? Why even worry when these sure. things happen? You just double the guy's hit points. <laughs> like you just create more pain, you know, give them another attack, have another one fly in more ads, right? There's lots of stuff like that. And I, and I'm not going to say that advice is wrong. I think that there's a lot of, of good to it because you can create that drama when you need to. Oh yeah. But again, I, I go, well, this is a story, but it's also a game. And, mm-hmm. and if I was a player and I knew that my GM um, had essentially cheated in order to make the game more exciting for me, I would still be kind of sad that my strategy didn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that would suck. Right. Yeah. So even though this player had said, here's what I'm going to try to do. I was like, okay, I want to make it a little bit more complicated, but I want them to like be able to do it. I want them to be able to have fun and feel smart and feel powerful and cool. Like that's important. Right. So, Let's maintain that. So I don't think there's a wrong way, but I also recognize that there's a way less complicated way to solve this problem. Yeah. So I think, I think where I come down as far as balance goes is to that your bad guy, if they're a good bad guy, they have contingency plans. Yeah. Right. They should have a couple of plans ready to go. If this happens, I do this. If that happens, I do this. 
And if a player can beat all that, then great, right? Well, I but it should know, at least it, be a surprise in the battle that they pull this out and the players pivot and are still able to win. So that way, I think they're right that that's good. I just um, one of the most satisfying battles that I ever had that I think that was satisfying for both the players and for me mm. uh, was in uh, one of the homebrew games that you were in, uh, mm. where my bad guy was obsessed with the party. Yeah. And studied them all like Batman. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And I literally had written out a document that was a game plan to win the fight. Like, here's the order of operations. Here's who I attack in which order. Yep. Now, that wouldn't have made sense in this case because the bad guy didn't know the party, which, again, gets back to the, like, crux of the problem because they should know each other. But in this fight that, I, that I'm referring to, they... Uh, you know, it ended up being an exciting battle, but I think it also felt like a fair battle. I hadn't mm. done anything to the bad guy to, to change them. Right. And it made sense that this person um, had had gone about the battle the way that they did. Right. And he and he still loses, you know, but it but in a way that I think was very satisfying for everyone involved. Right. It's c- because it's not about the loss it's about how the loss happened and mm-hmm. why and um but i also how it feels right like sure i think that's the thing because you you have to it, it doesn't matter if you're fighting a demon or a dragon or a lich like that that part superb like just it's just surface right yep like what you want is that battle between the ideals mm-hmm. right the 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 sort of the 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 reason behind it i think that's mm. important right what am i fighting for i to i, me, I to think me the that's reason the reason is is a really big deal i i think when it comes to boss fights and i mean i you know full disclosure obviously i haven't run a ton of them but i've been around for a fair amount of them And I think one of the big things is just, and you could apply this really to any fight, not just Mm -hmm. the, not just a boss fight, but you want to make it feel, you want to make it feel, I I don't want to say realistic because, you know, it's a dragon or a giant or whatever, but you want it to feel intuitive. You want the enemy to feel like you would expect that enemy to be like um, when you were just uh, mentioning that a good villain should have contingencies. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that as a general rule, because you could have an enemy that's just dumb that like their whole thing is but that but that, that's your big bad. I don't know about that. Well, no, they they could be. They could just be a big, massive colossus that's a problem, you know. And the the challenge is just stopping this thing that seems to be an unstoppable force, where it doesn't necessarily think that it needs contingencies. Where it's like these these guys aren't gonna do anything to stop me. 
you know, not every big bad needs to be this conniving mastermind, right? Well, I think but, that's an extreme, but sure. But they, but they need to have a, a, a motivation. I don't think it's very often that we see, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you could think of some examples, but you know, I, I can't think of too many bad guys that are like just this force of nature. I think, I think one bad guy I'm, uh, that kind of maybe feels that way to me sort of might be like Surter, where like, He's just this huge, overwhelming force that he, once he gets going. If you, are you referring to him in Thor Ragnarok? Because he's not the bad guy of Ragnarok. Well, yes, that that's true. He's not the bad right? guy of Ragnarok. So he's he. You know, so I can imagine this character that you're talking about. But the the first place where my brain went was, well, who's behind it? <laughs> right? Who, who made sure. this happen? So I I I don't know, but. Even if you did go with an enemy who's just powerful, then they better be stinking powerful, right? So sure. then, then the answer to my problem would be not enough hit points, right? Or not enough right. attacks, or whatever. Okay. In so. in the case in the case of this boss in uh, Storm Kings, do you think that the solution? to get the result that you maybe that you were hoping to get of a more satisfying encounter. Um, do you think that the answer to that might not necessarily lie in, in what happened in that specific oh, session? 100%. 100%. It goes way back, right? It goes way back. That's the real problem. Mm. That's the yeah. real problem is it laying groundwork and you don't have, yeah, the groundwork isn't there, you know, mm. maybe I missed it, <laughs> but I want to take personal responsibility though, because I, th I think it's lame to just blame the book, right? People work mm -hmm. hard on these things, but beyond yeah. that, like you read it, you had prep time, you know, if you needed to change it, you should have changed it and I should have changed it. Right. Sure. And I was like, oh, you know, it'll probably come together. <laughs> sure not the and right attitude you know but we all have those nights i've had them for sure oh sure yeah and i and i think they're they're worth learning from and you know my players came away from it going you know i'm down for more and hey. and and that's what matters so what we're gonna end up doing is <laughs> my players are calling it dlc right <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so i appreciate that um, but I, I have been laying the groundwork for a couple of different possible bad guys um, nice. that do exist in the module. And so we'll end up finishing the campaign with one of them. And nice. I think that'll be a lot more satisfying for at least some of the players at the table. So, that's, that's a terrific idea. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're, so that is another piece of the advice is if you're fight with your big bad didn't go super well. They're not the big bad, right? There's mm. a final, final, final boss. Right? There you go. And now there maybe you, you have a chance to, to lay a more, little bit more groundwork, or maybe you'll realize like I did, well, I've been actually laying the groundwork for this person. Yeah. That, that should be my antagonist. Well, there's always been a way to, to go, you know, X, Y, Z has been happening behind the scenes. Like you've got, your you know your campaign notes however thorough or brief they might be 
and you can it, it's easy enough to pick like one weird little thread that kind of you know tangentially ties into you know the other things like like what everyone thought air quotes was the big bad mm-hmm. um and and just kind of extrapolate that like you said you know leads to leads to leads to yeah blah, exactly blah, blah. you just follow the chain yeah i mean we we got to the scene before that big battle and i was like uh are you guys gonna go fight and they were kind of like why yeah and, that's, and, I, that's... and i was like well because um uh hmm. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's I I was not anticipating that question. (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Good question. Uh, So, uh, you know, and to their credit, they were like, "Okay, we came up with uh, reasons to do this. Yeah, but it kind of threw me a bone, you know, so thanks. guys. You don't want to you don't want to have to ask that. You don't. Right. You don't want to Uh, do that. No, and they did get treasure, so I think they're pleased. <laughs> oh, as they should be, you know. And they'll they'll get another level out of it once we once we finish something else they're doing, and mm. It, mm. and everybody likes that. So everybody likes that. So yeah. I've I've got one last question before we wrap this. Sure, sounds good. I feel like this topic is not even so much about having your big bad fight go poorly or however you'd want to put it um i think it's in a more broad sense it's about how to how to deal with having a rough session having a bad session having having a session that you're that you're dissatisfied with Mm -hmm. or maybe you're satisfied with it a bit but your players aren't or the flip side where maybe your players actually do seem totally satisfied yeah. but you are just like i even though well, you guys you, are fine you with definitely it. don't want to like have anyone come away going i hated it right like if someone right. just has a bad attitude whatever but like you can sure. feel it when someone in the room like wasn't feeling it at least i yeah. can and i want everyone to feel it oh you know you, you, you want that that feeling at the end of the session where everybody's like lets out that breath you know not a sigh yeah. but like that whoa you've been on, on the, the edge, edge of your seat. seat yeah yep exactly yeah. and and, so, and you want that and you want them to to go you know what that was a satisfying emotional experience i loved it you there know? you go and, and that's what you want to do and so uh what i would say is listen man i've been running since i was in high school and i've had a lot of really cool sessions and i've had a mm-hmm. lot of cool games and, and good stories and i've had Players come away from games going, you know, I wasn't that satisfied. And Mm -hmm. I've had others go, man, that was a great ride. And, you know, here I am doing my my D&D podcast and been running for for 20 some odd years, you know. Um, (sighs) Maybe, uh, you know, sometimes you make mistakes and sometimes you don't nail it. And uh, that just happens to everybody. I mean, think about filmmakers. Oh, I was, geez. I, yeah. I was watching, um, you know, uh, the, the movies that made us on, mm-hmm. on, on Netflix and, you know, they're talking about Steven Spielberg's flops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if, if there's, if, that's a sentence that ought to make you feel good about just about anything. Yeah. Steven if Spielberg, Steven Spielberg had, had flops, fail. 
you know? <laughs> Not that I'm Steven yeah. Spielberg, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's it happens to the best of us, right? That's the most trite way I can say it, but it's really true, sure. you know, like everybody's, you know, tries just putting their pants on one leg at a time and we're, we're all screwing up and you're going to have Wait, good days I'm not and bad supposed days. to jump into my pants the way I've been. Hmm. Well, I you know, really and there, there was a post on, uh, on Facebook today that I read where I was like, Oh, I'm feeling burned out. You know, yep. how, how do I deal with DM burn burnout? I think you commented on it too. And I did. And, uh, I did. and I was like, am I going through burnout right now? I'm not feeling like super inspired at the moment. And, yeah. and I just, I just thought, you know what, man, you had a bad session and yep. you, you're kind of bummed and that's natural. It's okay to feel bad, you know? Yeah. But realize that this doesn't like mean anything. Like it doesn't mean that you suck, you know, or you're a screw up or you no longer have the mojo or whatever. Oh, for sure. It just means yeah. you had a bad session. That's literally all it means. Mm-hmm. And some of the people are like, I didn't think it was a bad session. I had fun. And I'm like, okay. Well, yep. I mean, well, shoot. that's good. That's helpful. We had some, uh, a few sessions of, uh, curse of Strahd where like a lot of the party was like, Oh man, that was freaking terrific. But, you would come to me at the end and go, man, there was some stuff that just wasn't doing it for me or like this yeah. was rough for me and or I, whatever. I knew that would take you down a notch and, and, and I hate doing that. No, I know. I know you do. And it's, but I also appreciated the honesty. I appreciated mm-hmm. the feedback. You weren't mean about it. You right. know, you, you came to me and I could tell that you were like hesitant to even say anything Cause I, cause I can be a fragile snowflake and you know, I put (laughs) my, I put my heart and soul into this and I I know you put a lot of work into it. Yeah. I want it to be special, but I want it to be special. And you know, sometimes that takes stepping back and going, okay, once I've processed the session itself, well, you know, this this actually kind of leads me into what my final question is. When you have a rough the final session, final question. <laughs> yes, the final final question. Um I was trying to get it get to it before and we we swung on. Um so when you have a rough session, what would you say is I don't maybe not the best. Um yeah. But at least a good way to productively process mm-hmm. the rough session mm-hmm. and use the experience to move forward. Well, yeah, it, it, this is going to be different for everybody. Sometimes I think that the right answer is to just get away from it and to yeah. think about something else. But in my case, I, I wrote an article about it. <laughs> There which, you go. which helped me, uh, you know, put it in perspective. I expressed to my players that I wasn't super happy. Like I, tr- I didn't, I tried not to whine about it. And I, I think you want to avoid whining and complaining. I think. Yeah. That's unproductive feedback. Um, I think we Sometimes can just. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You know, but I think it's, I think it's okay. Some, at least as like an artist, not to sound pretentious, but like as an artist to say, you know, I, I really wasn't happy with that. I'd like to do better again. And, th- and that I right. did pretty much immediately. Mm. I, I said, well, here's what's going on. In terms yeah. of the module, we you, you won. You finished it. But 
that wasn't super satisfying for me. Mm. And so we do have these loose threads. I'd like to, I'd like to complete them. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to, to go along with me on this journey a little bit further. Well, and that kind of goes back to what we were mentioning earlier, like ask your players, right? Yeah. It's just that communication, right? Like that's, yeah. I mean, it seems it's, it's almost lazy, but it's true. <laughs> you know, it's like, Hey, just most ask. problems are just have a conversation. And I even told that to a student today. Uh, cause I was, mm. I, I was talking about like how campaigns can go off rails. If, if you let players just run roughshod sure. and, and how like the chaotic neutral rogue will just ruin your day. If, oh my if you're not God. careful and, and, you know, he came up to me and was like, how can I, you know, what do I do if I sense that's happening? And I said, you got to talk, you have to have a conversation. You have to go out of game, preferably one-on-one and just say, here's how I'm feeling. And you try to get your hands on it. about 10 grand, hire yourself a hitman, <laughs> figure out where the problem player lives. Anything it takes <laughs> to not have an awkward conversation. That's the thing you must whatever. avoid at all costs. You're right. <laughs> like, whatever, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. So, but no it is, half measures. But I would also say if you're not feeling it, if you are feeling a, a little burned out and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm ready to go, but. I mean, in fact, I'm yeah. excited to start my 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 new student campaign in, in a couple of days. Yeah, but I will say, for me, one thing that really recharges my batteries is uh, nature, uh, which hmm. is something new I've discovered about myself. I I'm, I'm becoming awesome. an old man. I I have become interested in forests and birds and trees and. Uh, I like music and my music is getting more old and uh and boring every year. I really like Aww. Aaron Copeland a lot. Makes me think about nature, right? It's uh you know, I mix myself a fancy cocktail or I uh, or I make um you know some fancy coffee thing in the morning. You know, you take your time with something, you cook a steak. These are things that that make me feel good. Yeah. I go out with my kids. I take them to the little French place I know. And, uh, you know, we, I, I get them a little, uh, I, I, for breakfast, I let them eat cake and, 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 uh, nonsense. And that makes me oh, feel, man, that makes me feel powerful. <laughs> I, I just the other night I was, uh, Jess was out of town. So I had the kids. Um, it was Dude, just the three of us at being night. The cool I, parent one night. <laughs> We went to Cold Stone. Oh and boy! They had they had ice cream <laughs> for dinner, and so did I. And I knew when I was sitting down, I was like, "What the hell is wrong with me?" And I was like, "You know what? Whatever. It's Saturday this. night. This is for me. It's Dad night. You know? Yeah, man. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna eat ice cream for dinner, and we're gonna. And while we're eating it, we're gonna watch How to Train Your Dragon, and Heck it's yeah. gonna be great." Yeah, and it man. was and it was uh yeah yes. man that's that that's a good battery recharging practice you know and absolutely for those of you that don't have kids you know maybe uh hey did you, were you nice to your uh your sibling do you need to patch something up with was the last time you called that one old friend and that's been bothering you for a while you there know maybe, you go may, maybe something like that might help i don't know you know, a, you know, you the better than I know you because I don't know you at all. So, uh, you know, do that. Do that thing that helps you get your groove back. You know, 
go on yeah. an adventure, turn into a llama, you know, whatever. Oh man, that's the best way to do it. <laughs> llama face. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're really just sometimes stepping away or, um, you know, we've mentioned it a few times here on the show, the, uh, the fifth ed Dungeons and Dragons Facebook group or other social media groups like, you know, certain Reddit communities or other Facebook communities or Twitter. Um, there are a lot of communities that focus on certain RPG systems or, you know, groups of writers or other folks like that. And if you post about your campaign, if you post about your session and you're straight up honest about how things went and just ask for advice. And I yeah. know that in the 5e group, I mean, man, if you straight up say, I had a rough session, here's what happened. You'll get a boatload of answers and many of them will be contradictory, but you'll have a lot of things to choose from that you can read down through the comments and go, you know what? That one right there, that feels right to me. Just on a gut level, it feels correct. Yeah. Or even if the advice itself doesn't necessarily get you anywhere, just the act of, you know, sort of brain exercising your way through it. Yeah. Can, can be really good. And, you know, for me, I, I might complain about something or, or offer my feelings. And I, I don't necessarily want advice all the time, you know? Oh, I think, sure. I think a lot of people are that way. And even if they ask for it, sometimes you just want to vent. You just want to vent and you want someone to say, man, I hear you. I feel you. I've been there. That sucks. You know? Yeah. You know, have a drink. That's my advice. You know, that's a, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, uh, I like that kind of thing, you know? So, cause sometimes you're just, you're just trying to get it out, you know? Yeah. Get it so, off your chest. Anyway. Walk away. But I think the, the other really important thing is to just learn, right? Like you, if you had a rough time, think about why. And, uh, and, and don't beat you, yourself up about it. Don't beat yourself up. But what are you going to do different next time? You know, yep. because again, Steven Spielberg had flops. Oh yeah. I, you know, way back right after college, uh, I had an internship and one of my, one of my boss's favorite things, he's like, no matter what you do in life, you are going to fail at things. The important thing is to fail forward. It's like, don't beat yourself up for messing up or, or failing because it's going to happen to everybody. You know, you're not special. You're not that one person who's going to succeed. Uh, at everything. Yeah, you're special. You're special. <laughs> so instead, <laughs> just take a step back and look at what happened and just go, can I change things? Can I remember yeah. something for next time? And if you can make yourself just a hair better the next time you're improving. And that's mm -hmm. great. And, you know, just asking the question at all is proof enough that you love the hobby. You love the craft. You love what you're doing and you care enough to want to be better. And that's that's something that we should all strive to do. So good on you for doing that with your session and also congrats on finishing storm kings i mean 
you know, do you know how many freaking campaigns everybody hears about that, like, don't get finished? Someone gets burnt out. People quit. People move. You know, campaigns, it feels like they hardly ever really get to finish. So the fact well, that you yeah. just made it to the end at all, that's freaking great. That is that is cool. I'm I'm glad for that. So uh yeah, so let's um let's wrap things up. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh we wanna give a special thanks as usual to Spike, Kate, Logan, and Falangor, our ever loyal patrons. We really, really, really adore you guys. You're the best. And if any of you like we mentioned before, want to hang out with us, participate with us, engage with us, head on over to our newly restructured Patreon at Inspiration Point. No, scratch that. Patreon.com slash Inspiration Point. And you can support us at the one, five, or $20 level. And there are a lot of cool benefits for all. But For this episode, especially, as we said, one of the best things, especially when you have a bad game, is to be able to get feedback, to have someone to talk to. And if you back us at even the $1 level, you'll get access to our Discord channel where you will get that support, where you can talk to myself, to Adam, to Spike, to Kate, to everybody. and. Most of our guests from previous episodes are also in our channel. So you may even get some feedback from those guys like Sly Flourish is in there. Um, and uh, or Mike Shea, I guess, is his his Christian name. Um, and uh, but we so, cannot yes. guarantee interactions with people. They are independent agents. Yes, we <laughs> can. We can guarantee interactions with the two of us you will get that because that's what you're paying for um so we really think that it's worth it so please go check out our patreon we want to build this community and we want you whoever you are to be a part of it and we want to get to know you and help you enjoy this hobby much more so patreon.com slash inspiration point check it out otherwise you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com that's our website and if you're on uh, PC or uh, really any desktop there are going to be three bubbles in the upper right hand corner of the page to take you to our Facebook Twitter and Patreon and if you are on mobile those three bubbles will be just right at the top of the page click those they'll take you where you need to go and all that housekeeping stuff out of the way chin up when you have a bad game don't let it bring you down step away take a deep breath recharge those batteries and come back bigger better faster stronger than the last time and knock your next session out of the park and until next time stay inspired bye Bye, everybody